Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It's Friday, December 3rd, 2021. Let's talk about the lightweight division first. Let's briefly address Teofimo Lopez's claim that the referee raised his hand at the end of his fight against George Cambosis because the ref understood that Teofimo had won nine or ten of the rounds. Right, folks? That's a myth. In my opinion, Teofimo Lopez lost that fight. Right, he gets thoroughly outboxed in the middle rounds. He does make a comeback. He does knock Cambosis down. But he needed those last two rounds to have an argument. He did not get that. Right? Understand what happened at the end of the fight. You know, the ring announcer, like the rest of us, has an ego. You know boxing culture. The ring announcer should have said, the winner. Then the next two words would have mattered. And either the winner and new champion is, or... The winner and still champion is. Right here, the ring announcer got a little bit full of himself. So there's the referee trying to figure out what's going on. The ring announcer says, the winner and still unbeaten. So at that point, you're the referee. You hear the winner and still. Well, the champion entering the fight is Teofimo Lopez. I believe the referee is trying to figure it out, right? The referee had to be thinking to himself, ring an answer, how could you do me like this, right? The referee starts raising Teofimo Lopez's hand. But then the ring announcer continues, right? The ring announcer says, and still, unbeaten. Here's the problem. Teofimo's unbeaten going into the fight. George Cambosis is unbeaten going into the fight. It's only when the ring announcer gets deep in the sentence that you realize that the winner is Cambosis. There was confusion at the time, folks. So, of course, a referee who should be suing the ring announcer right now for putting him in a tough situation wrongly started to raise Teofimo Lopez's hand, then realized that the winner was George Cambosis, who actually won the fight. So, of course, that moment of uncertainty has given Teofimo the opportunity to claim that he actually won the fight, that the third man in the ring knows he won the fight, that anyone with two eyes knew he won the fight. Well, let me just applaud my uh, old city, New York City, where I was raised, right? Haven't lived there for decades. But let me just praise New York City where this fight took place. The crowd wasn't having it. The crowd started booing Teofimo Lopez, right? Because New Yorkers, and this was a Teofimo crowd coming into the fight, but New Yorkers want the truth. They don't want things sugar-coated. Right? They want the ride to be genuine. They'll cheer for you 
as long as you're genuinely winning, right? They don't want gifts given to favorites. Here, the favorite got beaten. Well, you know the fallout. The Teofimo camp now has some ongoing argument where they're claiming that they switched promoters, they ended up on the zone. The uh, zone doesn't really like them. This was somehow rigged, even though the fight took place in Teofimo's town of New York City. Right now, hardcore boxing fans know better. They understand that Teofimo lost that fight. In my favorites folder right now, I have an interview from Barry Pepper. Right, big time boxing trainer. Lamont Peterson's former trainer, right? Barry Pepper has, you know, been in the corner of some champions. He saw the fight. He thought it wasn't close, right? Mickey Bay, I have an interview of him in my favorites folder. Understand, Mickey Bay has already gone the distance with George Cambosis. Mickey Bay is also the trainer of Devin Haney. Mickey Bay thought George Cambosis won the fight. Right? Understand, whatever Teofimo is trying to sell doesn't conform, in my opinion, with the actual film of the fight. Also, that first round, Cambosis is losing the first round. Cambosis drops Teofimo Lopez. Would it surprise you to know that I believe two of the three judges gave that round to Cambosis 10-9? not 10-8. In other words, folks, these were hard-to-convince judges. They weren't predisposed to give rounds to Cambosis. The reality is that Cambosis won the rounds, that when a boxing match broke out, Cambosis had the better movement. Cambosis had an excellent counter overhand right hand, and Cambosis had deceptive hand speed, an excellent left jab, an excellent left hook. Well, Teofimo wants no part of the rematch. He didn't want to fight this fight in Australia. He doesn't want to fight the rematch in Australia. Let's face it, too. Teofimo got beaten up. Look at his eye. Stuff's landing on his eye. Tore it up. Also, if you're an unbeaten fighter... You know, fighters are like the rest of us. You've been unbeaten, you've been bulletproof, you've been invincible. Now suddenly you have a loss. Worse yet, it's a televised loss. There's film of it. I believe it takes some time to mentally get over that. Teofimo might not be ready to fight again against the same man who just beat him. Maybe he remembers what happened to Sugar Shane Mosley when Mosley lost to an excellent Vernon Forrest. Then hopped in the ring again with him for a rematch. The same problems emerged. So, now we have a fighter many of my subscribers like. A fighter who many of you are telling me has a real chance against Devin Haney. And that's Jojo Diaz. 
Rydeus has only lost once. We'll forgive him for that loss because that loss was to future Hall of Famer Gary Russell. Right? Some of the fastest hands in all of boxing, whenever you make a list of the fastest hand speed in boxing, understand, a few names need to always be on it, right? I don't care if he's retired. Manny Pacquiao's always on the list, <laughs> right? A few guys are always going to be on it. One of them is Gary Russell, right? Gary Russell gave Jojo Diaz his only loss, right? Jojo Diaz has more than 30 wins. Jojo Diaz has beaten people like Tevin Farmer, right? Javier Fortuna. Jojo Diaz is relentless. When he gets inside, he goes to your body, he roughs you up, he beats you up. He never slows down. He's active the first round, he's active the fifth round, he's active the tenth round. The guy just keeps coming. Right? Very high energy level. Comes to win. Has only lost to the very best. But folks... I believe this fight's an illusion. Weight classes matter in boxing. What if I told you that Jojo Diaz has just gotten to 135? What if I told you that Devin Haney, who's bigger physically, has been there for years? What if I told you that Jojo Diaz isn't going to be able to get to Devin Haney's body? Because Devin Haney, under the tutelage of Mickey Bay, a former George Cambosis opponent, has some of the best legs in boxing. Right? Some of the best legs. Some of the best movement. Some of the best timing. You know, Devin Haney fights are so one-sided that we were all excited when he got hurt in the Jorge Linares fight. Folks, at the moment when Devin Haney got hurt, he had won every round of that Jorge Linares match. Maybe Linares snuck in one round, but understand, against a world-class opponent with a history at 135, with a bigger punch than Jojo Diaz, Devin Haney was pitching a shutout. Right? I would argue that Jorge Linares is a better fighter than Jojo Diaz. He's certainly the bigger puncher. Let's talk about the punches. There is a guy in this fight who has a better than 50% KO percentage. Folks, that's Devin Haney, the guy we don't think of as having the punch. Jojo Diaz, by contrast, has a KO percentage below 50% without the history at 135, right? Most of his fights have been at lower weights, right? 130, for example. So just understand, you have a guy who doesn't have Lenares's punching power. You have a guy whose power is local. He doesn't have ring coverage, this isn't a Deontay Wilder who could hit you from across the ring and you feel it. Right? Diaz has to be close to you. 
He has to be in the pocket with you. Folks, opponents of Devin Haney's find that it's almost impossible to get in the pocket with Devin Haney. Haney is young. He's at that age wherein Ali was almost unhittable. That's the level of legs you're dealing with. Early 20s legs. Right, Devin Haney is going to be moving around the ring. What movement does is it deprives the other guy of a pocket. What Devin Haney's jab's going to do is it's going to bust up the eye that Jojo Diaz has that gives him problems every fight. Right, Diaz, by the time he starts to have moments in the pocket, in my opinion, is going to be down by four or five rounds in a 12-round fight. Understand, too, Devin Haney, by having a share of the belt at lightweight, is the obvious person who George Cambosis should fight next because Cambosis wants to be undisputed. Haney wants to be undisputed at 135. Right, so if Devin Haney jumps out to a lead, he's not going to get distracted because he's going to be that much closer. And this is an unbeaten fighter. He's going to be that much closer to realizing one of his professional dreams of being undisputed at 135. The bet I like here is Devin Haney to win. He's a big favorite, folks, for a reason. I don't believe you can go on films of Jojo Diaz's unless as you watch the film, you ask yourself, at what weight was this being fought? Also, when you see a film of him against Tevin Farmer and it's blood and guts in the pocket, just ask yourself, is Diaz going to be able to find Devin Haney to make it blood and guts in the pocket? Right, folks? I know Joe Lewis said he can run, but he can't hide. I just believe, though, you know, and Joe Lewis obviously never fought 22-year-old Muhammad Ali. I just feel that when you can't move that fast and you're dealing with great legs, a guy who has made his career on movement, speed, timing, spacing, it's just too much to ask a smaller fighter with a lighter punch who's best deep in the pocket to catch up with the Devin Haney, right? This would be like asking, controversial statement here, a Dylan White, another guy who likes to go to the body deep in the pocket to catch up with the Tyson Fury. Folks, styles make fights. If you don't have the foot speed or the ring coverage to land from distance on a mover like a Devin Haney, you have very little chance, right? Jorge Linares had a small window 
after he had lost most of the fight, after we had reached a point where you thought to yourself, he's going to have to knock Devin Haney down a few times to get back in the fight. And folks, he never knocked Devin Haney down once. Understand, the level of dominance is such that we consider it a test of Devin Haney for Haney to have been buzzed in a fight without ever seeing Haney on the canvas. I like Devin Haney here. I'm expecting Haney to put on quite a performance. I want people to focus on his movement, on his timing. Look at Haney's body and count the number of body shots Jojo Diaz is able to land. If Diaz, who's known for his body punching, can't land any meaningful body shots on Devin Haney's body, this fight is going to be a landslide. I like the favorite Haney to win. I'll hedge the play with the over in part because I believe if Haney gets off to a fast start, he's going to realize that he's just a few rounds away from financial security for life. Understand, both the winner and the loser of the lightweight unification match between Cambosis and Devin Haney are going to be set for life financially. We're talking seven figures a few times over. Right? Devin Haney is going to be energized for this fight. I'll be surprised if he risks anything by deciding to trade deep in the pocket with Jojo Diaz. I like Devin Haney to win this fight. If I were to throw a hedge out there, it would be the over. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. I'm taking the favorite. Thanks for stopping by.